Welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, Episode 12, in which I interview Lola Torgerson. But first, I wanted to wish you all a happy equinox, a happy Yom Kippur, a happy my birthday. There's a lot of things happening this time of year as we transition out of summer and into autumn. In Golden Dawn tradition, the basic mission statement is to find the middle way between extremes, same as the Buddhist way, that straight and narrow pathway, as we say. It's considered a very special day. The officers who conduct the ceremonies throughout the six-month period are changed at each equinox. And so uh, just a few days ago or a few days from now, depending on when exactly different temples are having their ceremonies, a hierophant will lay down a scepter, and uh, another hierophant will pick up the scepter, continuing the tradition without draining any, you know, one single person. Of course, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, traditional Golden Dawn temples out there where the same person is putting down the hierophant scepter and picking it up again. When the hierophant, who will, for the next six months, represent basically the higher self or the perfected self of the candidates and those present, the Tiferet center made manifest as a human being, as in the examples of Jesus and Krishna and Osiris. One of the things that a traditional Golden Dawn Hierophant will do upon picking up the scepter is she or he will make a confession to the assembly. The confession will sound something like this. Fratres et sorores, seeing that the whole intention of the lower mysteries or of external initiation, is by the intervention of the symbol, ceremonial, and sacrament, so to lead the soul that it may be withdrawn from the attraction of matter, and delivered from the absorption therein, whereby it walks in somnambulism, knowing not whence it cometh, nor whither it goeth, and seeing also that thus withdrawn, the soul by true direction must be brought to the study of divine things, that it may offer the only clean oblation and acceptable sacrifice, which is love expressed towards God, man, and the universe. Now, therefore, I confess and testify thereto from my throne in the east, and I promise, so far as in me lies, to lead you by the rites of this order, faithfully conserved and exhibited with becoming reverence, that through such love and sacrifice you may be prepared in due time for the greater mysteries, the supreme and inward initiation. Our guest tonight is another very old friend. I had initially asked her if I could interview her on an episode specifically about my mom, Sora Ashira, but I think I'm going to make that episode in the future. And if you knew her, especially if you knew her in the context of the temple, and if she touched your life in some way, please uh, give me a call at 626-367-9254, or... Uh, if you're good with Skype, contact me 
on Facebook or wherever else, and we'll set up a, a time to uh, meet on Skype. And I'll record that and include that in that episode. But for now, we're going to be talking to Lola about Lola. So let's get to that interview, shall we? Greetings, Sor. Welcome to the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. <laughs> Greetings, Satter. When we first met was during my neophyte initiation. I was still a thief, mm-hmm. and you and her, you and your mother, um, Sora Sheem, were being initiated. Ashira. Why do you always think Ashim for? Well, the uh, the ascended ones. She's. I think it's a it's a good Freudian slip oh. or a Jungian slip in this case. It's uh, <laughs> <You're she's>, right. <laughs> uh, some speculate that the Ashim or the uh, fiery ones or the uh, exact choirs of Malkut are actually the third order. Exactly. So, so. yeah. So I think Judy, as far as Ashim. <laughs> oh we'll yes, the initiation. Um, yes, the Fontana Temple. Mm-hmm. Temple of Isis, Mighty Mother. Um, yeah, so the Philistines. Um, I purify thee with water. With water, exactly. And then do you remember when they changed it, when my mom became Stilistes? Oh, uh, yeah. They brought in the Latin. Yes, yes, that's right, because they changed that over. That's right. The very first intonation of Asperges me Domine in a Golden Dawn temple was my mom as Stilistes in spring of 1995. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's pretty sharp. Or maybe it was 96. That was 96. You moved in here in May of 96. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so it had to have been over. September. Yeah, because the office is in like, almost like tomorrow. We'll, we'll like, change over. I'll make yeah, so it was exactly... Uh, what year is it? <laughs> it was exactly 19 <laughs> years ago. Ni- 19 years ago now. tomorrow was the first Asperger's <laughs> intonation in a Golden Dawn Devil. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so they did change that. So we used to practice magic together. We used to do banishings and, you know, go through our practicus material and, and you know, go a little ahead of where we were supposed to go. I think I had the hexagram invocations. Were you there for the Klopothic middle pillar? Yes, I was. <laughs> yes, I was... <laughs> Um, I believe um, Matthew mm-hmm. was part of this. <laughs> we'll just leave out his last name. Uh, he's surely listening to this. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Matthew. He's being a priest somewhere in some denomination. I won't say more. We won't say anymore. That. But yes, I remember this very well. <laughs> <laughs> there was so much we did in that house that was just amazing. <laughs> and... I think we learned our lessons on a couple of things, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Yeah. We got kind of slapped a little bit, and we're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I could say, this podcast fantastic. Good, because I curse a lot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, the Kripothic Fiddle Pillar. Uh, that was good times. I so. thought of it more as a complete middle pillar because it, it started with the, the highest divine name, like you're always supposed to, and then yeah. the, the, the archangel. The choir of angels, uh-huh. and then, then the planet, or you know, the sphere of the, that corresponds in Isaiah, and then it just went down into the choir of demons and the arch devil and uh, and the 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 Klipothic name. Exactly. Well, that's what we talked about before we did it because <laughs> <laughs> we we're like, well, this is really this is totally rational. Father M sense. would probably frown on this. 
<laughs> he probably did at the same time back then, which like you guys really. <laughs> <laughs> did we get but get like a power trip and then a headache or something? I don't remember the aftermath of that, but I don't think it was good. <laughs> That's yeah, quite a bit ago. There was the time that we broke into the um, Sacred Heart. No, no, not Sacred Heart. Uh, Holy Cross. The, the, the one, Holy Cross Cemetery. Ho- ho- the Hollywood Cemetery where they have the Be- Bell Lugosi's grave and everything. Bell Lugosi's buried there. Sharon Tate's buried there. Yes, I remember that well. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun times. We did a photo shoot. Yes, with and when they had the um, other people coming from other states. Yeah. How were we? Yeah, in fact, one of those guys has already been on this podcast. I think he was oh, really? there at night, Jeffrey. Yeah. Oh, right on. And uh, yeah, the open graves and the Osrael invocations. And we were walking around, and we were just like, walking you guys around stop the making the noises. Stop making the noises. We're like, no, someone's following us. No one's here. <laughs> <laughs> Getting paranoid about security. I'm sure now they'd have motion sensor stuff, and they, they you know, I don't, oh, I don't break into cemeteries anymore. But yeah. that was the '90s. Well, actually. Lux Interior from um, the Cramps is buried there. So oh. that's probably why they have much more security there ah. as well, because other people who want to party on his grave. My mom's 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 brother's son is buried in a mausoleum, the same mausoleum as Michael Jackson. So you have to, like, get cleared through security to go visit, like, my ancestors oh. on that side of the family. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, Just to make sure you're not going to yeah, go in and try to steal his grave or, you know, whatever. Well, steal his, steal his what? How could you, what could you actually do to Michael Jackson's I don't know. You <laughs> in there. Inappropriate things. Yeah. To be practical, inappropriate things probably, but what could you steal there, for fuck's sake? <laughs> I'm just saying. So what magic have you done since then, though? Because I, 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 I remember all that stuff, but I don't know. What's happened in the past 20 years? So let's just say I've been eclectic. I've acted some witchcraft as well. Mm-hmm. And do you love my witchcraft? Gardner? Voodoo. Oh, cool. Nice. Like uh, Brazilian, New Orleans, African? Haitian. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. That's the one I haven't and gotten into yet. Yes. Um, it's pretty lovely, but not fully into it as I want to be necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely not an expert in any form of voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of, I also thought it kind of not pulled different ways, but yes, pulled a little bit as in you need to do this, right. you do that and lots of different things. Well, there was uh, a Haiti thing Pacific Northwest, we have this amazing occult community. Yeah. You would love it here. You should visit here. Um, everyone who's listening to this should visit here. So next Saturday, unfortunately I can't go to, cause of work is the esoteric book conference. Hmm. Um, my friend Katamara and Marcus are putting this on, and yeah, they do all these amazing things, and so many awesome mag- magicians and people, uh, practitioners, come and present their books, present their wares, and you know, they talk about everything. Nice. Yes, it's it's fantastic. Up here is an amazing occult community, um, because unfortunately I can't go during the day to the actual thing to work, but afterwards we're probably going to meet some people for drinks and food, and my friend Janelle, who I met last night, um, she was like, I'm going. And she's like, Lola, I'm going to take pictures of books for you. And I'll text them and say, do you want me to buy this for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I've never t- completely left my um, ceremonial magic ever. You had that, the devotional uh, candle to the Goetic. <laughs> what was that? 
Oh, that's a whole separate thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not, not, it's not my, it's not really magic and everything. It's yeah, not Morgan devotional. Hair. It's more of a, a sushi yeah, side. Morgan candle. makes those amazing candles. Well, those aren't charged. Oh, okay. She sells charged ones. But by names and images, you know. <laughs> well, I, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> I, you don't have to tell me. Right. You know, but, you know, if you want them, I don't know if you charge extra for the charge. You have to ask her about that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, let me go do, let me go do an S. Let me try to become friends. Let me do, do an SIRP before I light this, uh, you know, <laughs> candle for our sushi dinner. <laughs> oh. Protect us from no, the, uh... I'm like... <laughs> I get got to evoke the appropriate Shem angel, but read, read the appropriate psalm. We've got to make a whole thing out of it, basically turning dinner into a mass. I have a question for you. How is the house? The house is doing well. Yeah. Good. I guess since you were here, it, it caught on fire. Saw that? Yeah. The, uh, the first temple, well, I had the temple that we were practicing in back in the day in the big part of the room here, where I'm sitting now, actually. Um, and then so that, uh, my mom kicked me out and, uh, gave me money to like get a place in East LA. And then she built, uh, like a full temple in here with, uh, the, you know, with the, the painting, the ceiling black and the tile and the altars and everything. And then she passed away like a few, literally a few weeks later. And, uh, right. so, so I moved back in and then I finished, I put up the curtains and I started having classes. And so that was basically, I mean, I initially started it kind of in her honor and, uh, you know, and then I, 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 you know, of course it burned down (laughs) and then we rebuilt it in a garage of this guy who was in practicus at the time in Monrovia. And, uh, then he got evicted and he moved in with me and then, uh, and then there was no real temple, but we had the furniture in uh, the spare room here where that was your old room. Um, and that was my great, great, great grandmother's room at one point. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then at a certain point, I just decided what the heck. And I arranged the furniture in there. And, and, uh, then I started having classes again. And then I kept insisting that I wasn't reopening the sanctuary for years. I insisted I wasn't reopening the sanctuary, but I had weekly classes. And, um, then they finally wanted to make it official and put it on the website that there was an LA sanctuary. And so I said, okay. On one can, on several conditions. I don't want to hear any shit from you guys about more people coming to my classes than come to the temple. I don't want to <laughs> hear anything about how I conduct my classes. I don't want to, you, I'm, you're not going to get a schedule of classes. You're not going to get an outline of what I'm going to be talking about. And I'm going to be bringing in other stuff that isn't pure golden dawn. And they were like, okay, whatever. You know, cause at that point I was a bit of a rock star and like things were falling apart and they were just trying to like, you know, keep people interested. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they made, they made the mistake of making me a chief at that point. So at that point I'm like, oh, so I can give myself permission to break my oath. Great. Thanks for that. <laughs> so, you know, so, I'm, so everything I've been doing since then is legit. There was, was it a, really breaking your oath though? No, it wasn't. Cause the, when the split happened, there were some chiefs that interpreted that since they were chiefs, they should kick out. And then there were other chiefs that interpreted that since they were chiefs, they should stay with and then there was me mm-hmm. and I, and I invited everybody to come to my house. And so nobody came because they all hated the people on the other side. So I started inviting the public. I mean, he was like really super worried about Voldemort, myself in the temple and some of us in the temple about linking it to linking gray material to the OTO. Hmm. Uh-huh. Regardy put the material out there. How many damn years ago? Right. 
so how was it that they're infiltrating our stuff and looking for our great material? They want their hands on this. They were not interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't really care. Yeah. No, they really don't. And um, people I don't, I know people up here at OTO, and they're fantastic people. I like them lots and everything else. Um, just saying they really don't care. We have the Cliff Notes version of the Golden Dawn already. We learned that in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. well, anyhow, um, tell me more about the house. Um, remember, we had that ghost there. Oh, yeah, Sarah from the uh, uh, Glendale Adventist. Was it Sarah? I thought we named her Wendy. <laughs> Maybe it was Wendy. Um, was she the one? She was in a coma, it turned out. The one who had creaked the floor? Yeah, we got the Ouija board out, and, and it was here uh-huh. in the north. And uh, and she, well, I mean, I the way I remember it, she had said that she was at Glendale Adventist. She was unconscious. And the, yeah, the, I think so. The north part of the temple that we were working in every day was the coziest like place astrally, physically, to to hide and so that's yes, where she was. Yeah, she liked she liked to be at she would creak the floor. Yes. And Mr. Um father, you know, um didn't believe us. And remember hmm. the key episode? His keys. And he brought up his kid one of his kids. Oh right, right. Um right. one time. Yes. And he was like, Okay, so Wendy, where's my keys? They're in the house here. One creek means yes. They were in his pocket the whole time. As huh. he was looking for his keys. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that part. <laughs> yeah, fun ghost story from the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was probably August of '96. Yeah. Oh, that was the night we did the Ishtar work. Oh yes, that was around our Ishtar um, work, definitely. Yeah. FM Ka. Yeah. Better. Oh. Yeah. The, did you see the Ka interview? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, not. check it out. It's like a two-hour interview with Frater Ka. He's in the Philippines and has four kids, and he's married. Oh, wow. I know, right? Okay. But he's uh, right? still That's doing awesome. his thing. Yeah. He's invoking the spirits, like the shamanic... Well, I mean, I call it that, but he's invoking the angelic spirits of stars now. And so he's doing a seminar where he's teaching people how to invoke the angelic spirits of the oldest 33 stars. And so he and I had an interesting debate about black holes and the, the nature of life and death and the... Uh, the bias of the multicellular organism, <laughs> you know, um, like maybe stars don't care that they're dying. You know? <laughs> they just made well, from I remember from Fred Carl, he always did like invoking, you know, his angelic orders. Yeah. His meditation, his guided meditations, the temple with the angelic orders were always just, yeah, that was, that was definitely his thing. I don't remember that as much. I think you had more of those classes than I did. I think I did. Yeah. The, uh, I think the it was before you were there. Orders? Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh-huh. So in like a pathworking context, you go into Malkut and work with the Ashim? Uh-huh. Pathworking all the way up and everything. Yeah, that was definitely one of his, one of the things he really liked to lead into. Uh, oh, I should have him lead a pathworking for the Esoterra Nerd podcast. I love doing that. You should. And the... Tom, I said hi. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, hopefully he'll hear this. The Ciceros came over and did a Tree of Life pathworking with us one time. Who did? The um, chickens and Sandra Tabitha Cicero. Oh, I love them. You know what? I'm Facebook friends with them, and Chick sends me Candy Crush requests <laughs> almost every day. He is a mad Candy Crush player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, so I like, I love seeing their posts and everything, but yes, uh, I get Candy Crush requests all the time. It's like, yes, I will send you live when I'm on, you know, because I rarely play online, like Candy Crush. It's just one of those things I. Yeah. You remember, you remember, uh, uh, 
sanctuary of Oriel, later Temple of Oriel. In uh, yeah, Georgia. we're Facebook friends now. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, oh, he, he, Georgia. he would, he was sitting as Malkut. So he was sitting in a chair and we had a big painted, uh, Malkut circle under him. And we had all kinds of Malkut stuff going on, and he called it Malkut, you know. And uh, and so then, you remember the blonde, uh, tall blonde? Yes, I dancer? do. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, she was Yusod, so she was wearing a a, a purple dress, <laughs> and she had an incense, and she was she gave the blessing of. This is all from uh, directed by the Ciceros, written and directed by the Ciceros, as enacted by members of our temple. Um, and so then I was hoed, and so they had me sitting in a chair in an, in an orange, <laughs> yeah, in an orange, uh, robe with like glasses and like I was a professor and a stack of books next to me. And, uh, and then Tabitha was Netzach. So she had a red rose and she was, uh, wearing a green robe. And so her whole thing was to walk across the freaking path of pay to me. And chastise me, like in real life, for being so mercurial, and tell me that I need to come out of my head and join the rest of the world, you know. And it was so great. It was so. So I have this fantastic memory of Tabitha Cicero in a green dress, holding a red rose, like slapping me across the face in my memory, anyway, and telling me to to get out of my head. Yeah. I love this. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then when you get to the end, when you, when you get to the very end, you get up to Keter and there's just a little box with a curtain around it. And, uh, and then you open the curtain and you like peek through and Chick Cicero's there and he says, behold the face of God. And you look through the curtain and it's a mirror. So you see yourself and Chick. <laughs> And so everybody would be out of it. Going, so the face of God is me and Chick. <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, there's all kinds of ways to pathwork the tree of life. So I'd like to get to get uh i wanted to say mimo but i guess that's his the name his mom gave yeah, him mimo yeah frater yeah 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 hit her up for that because he's big on angelic i have my version of uh a tree of life pathworking i i pathworked i have my own very vivid memories of experiences like beyond tiferet but i was always since i was a good good boy i was the premonstrator and all that so I would, uh, pathwork people <laughs> up to, up to the veil, you know, like up to those three paths leading up to Tiferet, but, um, uh-huh. not all the way through and not past Tiferet, um, except for Chris O'Malley. I'd let him, <laughs> I pathworked him all the way up the tree. Well, but, uh, Chris O'Malley, oh my God. You that's remember him? Hysterical. <laughs> I remember Chris O'Malley. Oh, of course yeah. you remember Chris O'Malley. <laughs> well, see, I didn't quite make that up in the order, but of course I read. Oh, of course. Well, and there's self-initiation. I mean, I'm a big believer in, I, I came out and said, hey, anybody who's a self-initiate out there is my frater or my soror. And like, you know, that was, right that was 14 years ago. I like have been a strong proponent of someone who's sincere. Basically, I, you know, I think that someone who very sincerely self-initiates is, uh, is, is more of an initiate than someone who 
just kind of goes through the ceremony with their eyebrows all furrowed, going, this is weird, you know, yes. and then, and then frowns because at the hieris, you know, and goes, well, fuck that guy, uh-huh. and then looks at the hierophant and says, well, who says, and then, like, uh, leaves, the, leaves the temple and never comes back, like, which one is initiated, mm-hmm. you know? So, <laughs> and and who initiated exactly. well, Chick? Yeah, about okay. If you can tap into the current yeah. yourself, yeah. then you are initiated. Absolutely. I think so as well. Um, a good friend of mine and I, anyways, were talking about this whole thing. Anyways, they're a Jewish scholar, and they've been all around pretty much everything. They're on Facebook, so they will never hear this. <laughs> um, but they're fantastic knowledgeable and everything else and they kind of believe in a little more of the well here's kind of the tradition they put in kind of tradition as like a threefold stool okay there's like a tension that one person you know one tradition holds one part of the tradition holds this one part of the tradition holds that the third so it creates a tension to hold a stool to you know lift everybody up right and so i was questioning them i was like okay no i get this and i'm not against tradition whatsoever but I'm like, if you can tap into that current, then you do it. Yeah. Definitely my belief. So. Yeah, some of my strongest, like, meditative experiences or that kind of thing, I'll end up flashing back to experiences I had in the crib. You know, it's like the more, the, the more in touch with the deep current behind something you get, it mm-hmm. seems like the more universal it is. And, you know, oh, exactly. if there's anything there to find at all. Yeah. Do your, do your thing. Yeah. It's like if truth is truth, then the rest is decoration. Mm. No, that's good. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any magical tools or do you, uh, do you practice or what do you, what are you up to? Um, yes, I do. Um, actually our, like I said, I'm a little eclectic now. Mm-hmm. Um, place is kind of, <laughs> Um, sacred to Pan and Dionysus. Oh, very nice. Uh-huh. Much libation given to them and much um, tribute given to them as well. That's one of the things that I do now. Um, like I said, there's amazing occultists here that I'm always every day learning from them, um, you know, hearing them about different things. And there's an occultist, occult group up here called the Illuminati, Pacific Northwest Illuminati. Mm-hmm. And jokingly, while called, but it's basically much people meet, and wherever you're at, doesn't matter. You meet, and you talk, and you exchange ideas. Um, you, you know, present yourself and what you do, and these kind of things. And I think it's really healthy for the occult community. Don't sue me, Madonna. Huh? I'm gonna start playing that Illuminati song in the background right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, pretty everyone's cool. like I said, everyone's welcome. Um, Satanists, everybody. Christians? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, people who have open minds. Right, right. So my friends, um, Eric and Marcus, who I said, you know, they have a podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're part of that. And oh, sweet. As well. Oh, cool, yeah. cool. Uh-huh. So, so yeah. we should get, yeah, shout out to those guys. We should get them on the Esoteric Nerd. And uh, I've also oh, got, absolutely. I've also got someone... Ella Jensen, I guess she's in Sweden, and she does a, a podcast called Stooping Starlight that's specifically for female thalamites. And so oh, she she okay. was interested and responded to my my post about getting more female esoteric nerds on my podcast because of the nine to one ratio. I didn't want it to become a podcast of like 
the good old boys, you know, like old fashioned, you know, back when it was just boys, <laughs> you know, like cause if yeah, it's going to be based in Golden Dawn. Boys and the eight ham and all these other. <laughs> yeah, if it's going to be Golden Dawn based. People then... talked about the Golden Dawn back then. Yes, there's women of the Golden you know, Dawn. You remember those old like um, flyers that went around? Did you see those? Yeah, I still have a lot of them. During the Golden Dawn, you will, you know, you get fat and drunk and blah 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 <laughs> and everything. Yeah, there's like there'd be like a sign that says, you know, in initiation that way, status quo that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh, too funny. I remember those very well. And we'd have to go out and put them in books. Be like, hey, can you I go out to? Can well. you go out and party tonight, Edward? Nah. Oh, why no, not? Never mind. <laughs> because Never mind. I have to go to Santa Monica and put fucking flyers <laughs> in every fucking book. <laughs> Someone's going to check later oh, and make sure okay. I did it. I know it's going to be probably edited. If I can ask you, is the still around? What, what, what? He is now the chief adept of the Order of the Golden Dawn Universum. Oh, fantastic. No longer affiliated with <laughs> I stayed till the bitter okay. fucking end when he finally... Declared independence from and then after that I was like, okay, well there isn't really much for me to do anymore. And then when he started saying, okay, we're going to start having weekly meetings again, I was like, okay, this is where I've got to bow out because I've already wasted eighteen and a half years of my life and I have other shit to do, you know. And so we just worked it out where we very gracefully, like in the ceremony in the equinox ceremony in two thousand thirteen spring, and everybody mm-hmm. wished me well. And then I took off my blue, um, you know, uh, premonstrator cloak and gave it to. T- you remember? T- might not have I do. Todd. Oh, you do know Todd. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he, so he took that on, nice. and I, I passed it on to him, and then that was the last time I, I went there. Wow. <laughs> you know, right. it's, it, I mean, is right. a true down. believer, so whatever, whatever OGDU becomes will be a true believer's Golden Dawn Temple, and that'll be interesting to watch. The Collegium Spiritum Sanctum is a bunch of rational people who went on to become imperators of their own temples in a loosely knit network of temples. And that's awesome. And they have a constitution and everything. And they all signed it. And it's like, wow, you guys are cool. They, like, fully enacted the American Revolution in the context of the order after we had, we had like, 20... We had 28 adepts, and so 23 of them left and founded the new order with three of the chiefs, three of the five chiefs. Holy shit, that's a lot. Yeah. They took all the temples and half of ISIS. Like, you know... I, I I love the current without a doubt, yeah. but I got so much else going on too. Like I, yeah. you know, I I definitely do want to, but there's just so much going on as well. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I, I recommend not being involved in cults. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I'm 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 much more rather than promoting the joining of cults and uh, the losing of one's life in them. I'm hoping that people can learn from my experience and maybe just learn the things from this podcast that they would have otherwise had to join some cult to learn. Or, you know, I can at least point them to the search keywords or maybe they weren't, you know, I mean, there's things that are coming up on the podcast that maybe people didn't even know that they would be interested in, you know, like maybe they didn't oh, know there was Arabian magic until they met Fred or Ka in the last episode. Yeah. For instance. And uh, they didn't know that there was that guy in South Africa starting Mesa.